Welcome to extraterrestrial reality. What if the gray aliens are actually biological robots, as suggested last year during an interview by Dr. Gary Nolan, the Stanford scientist who is very interested in UFOs, one of the very few mainstream scientists who has expressed a great interest in in UFOs and believes it's a subject that needs to be scientifically studied until we get to the bottom of it. Uh, He said that last year, that the... Uh, it's believed by some people actually in the intelligence community uh, that these things could be actually biological robots and that could be it actually does make sense in a way when you think about what happens during alien abductions Uh, a lot of people who get abducted by aliens they say that uh, it's usually these short gray alien beings they're you know three and a half foot tall to four and a half foot tall beings you know oversized heads thin bodies usually wearing like one piece jumpsuits Uh, you know they show up and they're the ones who uh, escort the abductee to the alien craft where uh, inside the alien craft the abductee is laid on a table a lot of times and and there are, there are these uh uh there are these uh taller gray beings that come over and examine the abductees and uh do certain kind of procedures on them uh, inv- apparently as part of some sort of an alien hybridization program basically they remove sperm from men eggs from women they uh, mix it with alien dna apparently and then they uh implant the uh growing fetus inside the female and a couple months later they they abduct the female again and they remove the fetus and then they grow it in a in a tank the rest of the way and they create a, an apparent uh mix of a alien and a human being but i guess when did this start like i mean you have to wonder who's who's in charge and apparently who would be in charge are these praying mantis aliens insectoid aliens they look like ants or praying mantises according to a lot of abductees basically what happens is you know they have the grays the short grays the tall grays sometimes reptilian creatures too and apparently they serve uh like workman type duties just as the grays do so they're under the control apparently of these praying mantis type beings and for what to what end what's the purpose of it all and where did they and why did they do this why are they do and why are they doing it here i mean are they planning or is it a possible that basically what they're trying to do is basically transform the human race into biological robots basically things that uh serve these insectoid creatures is that what the our, our future holds is that what the future of the human race holds is that what they're trying to do i mean right now according to researchers such as dr david jacobs a retired temple university professor who's written several books on alien abduction uh including uh one of my favorites called the the threat uh he suggested that basically at some point in the future and i've talked about this numerous times before on the podcast that there's going to be some kind of great change involving uh, uh with involving the aliens basically taking over apparently and with with the insect ones in charge of of the entire human race and right now according to jacobs uh, in, in his books like The Threat and also his latest book, Walking Among Us, uh, there are beings living among us right now that you would think are human, but they are, they are not. They are the product of uh, this alien hybridization program that uh, it's been done. They, they were able to get to the point now where they're able to create beings that look just like somebody you would see on the street and wouldn't think any anything different about. They would look just like a human being. Anyway, I'm going to just go through... Uh, 
uh, a page here and a threat here. This is a, this is from page uh, two fifty one. It talks about where he basically lays out the alien agenda, and this is from uh, this book that was called The Threat that was published in nineteen ninety eight by Dr. David Jacobs. Uh, it says here, all the evidence seems to suggest that integration into human society is the alien's ultimate goal, and all their efforts and activities appear to be geared toward complete control of the of the humans on Earth. Indeed, the abductees are already living with the burden of alien visitation and manipulation. It is now possible to discern at least four specific programs that the aliens have put into effect to achieve their goal. One. The abduction program. The aliens initially selected human victims around the world and instituted procedures to take these humans and their progeny from their environments without detection. Two, the breeding program. The aliens collect human sperm and eggs, genetically alter the fertilized embryo, incubate, fe incubate fetuses in human hosts, and make humans mentally and physically interact with the offspring for proper hybrid development. Three, the hybridization program. The aliens refine the hybrids by continual alteration and breeding with humans over the generations to become more human while retaining crucial alien characteristics. Perhaps humans are also altered over time and acquire alien characteristics. Four, the integration program. The aliens prepare the abductees for future events. Eventually, the hybrids or the aliens themselves integrate into human society and assume control. And then... Jacobs goes on to say, the aliens have suggested that the time is not far off when their programs will end and they will have achieved their goal. Many abductees feel that something is going to happen soon and that the aliens have their goal within sight. So, if that is the case, if that is indeed what's been going on with these gray aliens and these praying mantis aliens, and at some point they're all going to take over and basically the praying mantises are going to be in charge of the entire planet i mean what does that mean for the human race there is really is we, we really wouldn't know we just don't know i mean we don't even know if this is all true or not this is i mean this is what he believes i mean he after studying this i mean he's he's somebody who actually studied it he actually uh had over a thousand i think well over a thousand people that he had hypnotized and, and worked with who, who were alleged alien abductees and this is what he's his conclusions are so i guess wouldn't you think that if he's one who studied it he he knows what's going like this is what his conclusions are so i guess it's very possible he's the one who studied it you didn't i didn't you know no, no debunker did this guy did among other people like bud hopkins john mack uh so there's a lot of people that looked into this and but this is what jacobs is saying so if that's true then uh, what is in store for the human race and what the, I mean and he, I guess the thing is I guess we st first we have to start with these gray beings are they biological robots that's the question is that what they are because they could be I mean if that's the case then that means that make and, and what if, if, they're, if they're changing us into something like them basically mixing our DNA with these gray alien DNA and and you know mixing it up trying to make them look like us for now over time that will change it and then eventually the human race will look like the gray aliens are they trying to change us into the gray aliens to make basically the human race become biological robots i mean now of course like before we go on here i just want to point out now of course it seems to me right that there are more than just gray aliens and insectoids and those kind of beings coming here it seems like uh, according to different reports over the years there's other kinds of 
beings in addition to these I mean, who knows they, the other ones that come here they could just be passing by checking us out and then moving on their merry way because who knows i mean there's billions of other planets out there i'm sure that have that that uh support life and they're probably just like star trek uh it's, it's that's what it is probably to them it's like star trek just you know going through the universe and checking out and studying and looking for adventure probably i mean who knows right but so there does seem like sometimes there are other beings coming here in addition to these grays and insectoid uh types but but it seems the predominant one are the grays and these insectoid types they're the, the boss of the of the gray seems to be these praying mantis beings and apparently also of these reptilian creatures that are sometimes uh, reported so uh, so they're the ones that seem to, to, to be hanging out here the most. They, they're the ones who seem to be doing all these abductions and, and, and experiments and hybridization program and all that. They're the ones that seem to be in, uh, interested in that kind of activity. While, while these other ones, they show up and, you know, sometimes they'll take someone on board, but uh, a lot of times you don't hear, you don't, you don't hear a lot of stories with uh, uh, the you know removing sperm and eggs with the other cases but these cases do there have been some cases where actually like uh for instance the uh, villas antonio villas boas case in 1957 where uh some people are forced to basically have sex with uh, an apparent hybrid being uh, and, and apparently hybrids do that with human beings sometimes too and if if that's what's happening are we are they slowly integrating themselves into our society so after time i mean who knows uh how long it will take you know how many generations will go on but at some point is it it's are they trying to change our evolution or or maybe they've been doing it the whole time who knows i don't know there's a lot of questions here that we just don't know we we see we're all born into this world and we and, and we're told uh what what's going on here by you know teachers in school by our parents by our grandparents and all these different people try to tell us different things and and that's we think that that's the that's all the world has to offer but really we none of us really know because those people who are teaching us they don't know everything i don't know what's going on i don't even know what this is all about do you i don't know how did this all happen nobody really knows so that's why you know when you when you think about all it's I mean, this is mind-boggling stuff actually when you really think about it but when you look at the human race the way it is right now i mean if the if they are going to take over at some point in the future and basically transform us into these emotionless creatures just like the grays i mean really what's the what what is the difference i mean the way the human race acts right now i mean look at the human race right we're we, we were murderers we're, we're vicious we're savage all of us so it's the, as a whole when you look at the whole thing as a whole if you're if you're from the outside looking down on this right there most of us are are, are working tough jobs i mean i've worked uh, dozens of different jobs in my life and in addition to working at a newspaper for many years I, I i drove truck for different companies i i uh i i worked in factories i worked in warehouses all kinds of different jobs and i'm sure right now a lot of people listening to this podcast are are toiling away in a factory or a, or a warehouse or driving in a truck somewhere as a delivery person delivering stuff like i did uh, for different jobs I, so like we, we we're we're just constantly working we all with the human race is constantly push 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 right and meanwhile there's a few of us who were born with silver spoons up our ass that are controlling the whole thing like basically puppets right and they're the ones who pay uh they pay certain politicians to get in the office right they'll they'll, they'll put up the money to get those people in the office so they get their taxes cut and they keep screwing over the little guy i mean so what's going to be the difference should the aliens take over really when you think about it we'll just have our emotions removed and there won't be people walking into grocery 
grocery stores with machine guns and blowing everybody away. That's probably the only difference. You know, every day you look, you, you turn on the news, you, you see, okay, uh, here, here's some people were, were driving across the border into Mexico. And next thing you know, they're getting shot and killed. They're dragged away by, by criminals or, or some maniac that kills his whole family or some guy walks in and stabs a whole bunch of young people in a college, right, for no no good reason. Because we're monsters. You have you have people blowing up another people from a uh, guy in charge of Russia, dropping bombs on Ukraine, killing thousands and thousands of people for the last year now. And we, this is what we are. We had we had the we had the Holocaust and the Nazis and all that nonsense. We have people right now who think that stuff is great. I mean, look at the human race. The human race sucks. So if the, if, the, if maybe the purpose, maybe the what the aliens they're looking down here and they see this going on. Maybe you know what? We this is out of control. These these people are no good for the planet. Look, they're not only they're destroying the planet. They don't get along with each other. They're destroying themselves. So why don't we just turn them into biological robots like we did with these creatures? For all we know, right? Those gray beings, those gray beings that are uh, uh, that, that that are abducting people, that might they might be uh, they might have evolved, uh, been actually genetically engineered uh, by the praying mantises. They might have looked like us, but they were from another planet at some point, and they they the, the, the these praying mantises showed up and saw what they were doing to each other. It's like, yeah, this is out of control. So over millions of years, right, hundred million years, they change them into these biological robots, and now they come to this planet. Oh, here's another one. We got to take care of these people because we can't get a grip here. So I guess what does it really matter? What does it really matter? Anyway, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Uh, there was an article that I saw in the Daily Mail dot uh, com UK today, and here's the headline. It says, "Our planet is not unique. UFO experts admit alien motherships could be flying through our solar system with the ability to launch their own smaller probes to visit planets they pass, including Earth." And what's interesting about this? This was put together by this uh, paper was written by. Avi Loeb, the Harvard professor who's uh, basically in charge of that Galileo project, which is studying UFOs, and Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who's the director of the Pentagon's UFO unit called the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or ARROW. It's interesting, however, there are, there are, some, there are some problems with, with their uh, analysis, and it was pointed out by Dr. Travis Taylor, who used to be in charge of the government UFO program back in 2019. But we're going to go through this article because it's uh, this is very interesting, and it's interesting because of what uh, uh, what Travis Taylor says about uh, this paper that's put forward by Kirkpatrick and uh, Avi Loeb. Anyway, it says here the head of the government's UFO office says alien motherships could be flying through our solar system and sending probes to Earth in a new science paper. The draft paper published last week, DailyMail.com has learned, has also sparked a row with the UFO chief's predecessor over the physics of strange craft seen in our skies. The six-page article titled Physical Constraints on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena was co-written by Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's UFO unit called Arrow, and former Harvard Astronomy Department Chair Avi Loeb. And uh, it, this is interesting because, you know, unfortunately for uh, the Pentagon, I guess they didn't have, because this was written by two science guys, 
you know, you, you, they couldn't get Ronald Moultrie in there to say that to put in there. Hey, we have to, to make a statement to the effect of something like, "Well, there's no absolute proof. There's no proof of uh, alien motherships." You know how he always inter- likes the, the somebody from the Pentagon likes to intervene whenever a scientist like Kirkpatrick makes a statement of, about the possibility of extraterrestrials. Um, someone like Moultrie was usually standing in the background will make a statement like, "Hey, there, hey, there's, but there's no proof of that." You know, they have to always, you know, make sure they, they make a statement like that. But, of course, this is a paper that's just written by these two guys, so the Pentagon won't be able to uh, change anything in it. Anyway, continuing here, it says, Loeb is also the founder of the Galileo Project, which aims to use high-resolution telescopes and artificial intelligence algorithms to spot and photograph UFOs around Earth. He gained national attention for his theory that an interstellar comet that passed through our solar system in 2017, 2017 dubbed the could in fact be an alien probe and has written books on the possibility of extraterrestrial life. His new paper with Kirkpatrick was published on Loeb's website on March 1st. In the article, the scientist and the top intelligence official hypothesized that aliens may have long ago sent a mothership craft across the galaxy with the ability to launch its own smaller probes to visit interesting planets it passes, including Earth. An artificial interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes during its close passage to Earth, an operational construct not too dissimilar from NASA missions, Loeb and Kirkpatrick wrote. They wrote that current sky scanning telescopes such as the James Webb Space Telescope could miss such small objects, whereas our deep space radars and space fence could pick up meteor-long incoming UFOs up to 36,000 kilometers in the air, and we therefore should keep an eye out for them. And here was a direct quote from from that paper. It says, Such objects could also become optically detectable as they get close to Earth, especially if they create a fireball as a result of their friction with air. In an exclusive interview, Loeb told Daily Mail that his team at Harvard, where he now serves as director of the Institute for Theory and Computation, is currently using a large campus telescope to scan the skies for such probes or other UFOs and are planning to set up a second telescope in the coming months as part of his Galileo project. We are just hypothetically raising possibilities, he said. NASA is now designing things that will land on Mars with a parachute shape. These are things that we are planning, and we should consider them as possibilities for other civilizations. Our planet is not unique. There are billions of planets like the Earth in the Milky Way galaxy, so why would we think that this is unusual? I have not seen data that supports any of these. It's just a possibility, but with the Galileo project, we are starting to collect data now, and we will analyze it, but it's too early to say anything. Loeb and Kirkpatrick's draft paper also discusses physics-based constraints for the kind of signs we should look for from UFOs, as, or as the government prefers to call them, UAP, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. The two men argue that it is impossible for an object to travel faster than the speed of sound in Earth's atmosphere without creating a sonic boom, and that very fast-moving objects always create a fireball or a fiery tail in the air as friction with air molecules causes them to burn up. They say that as a result, any footage that appears to show objects traveling at supersonic speeds without such characteristics must be a misidentification and is likely showing a smaller, slower object closer to the camera or some other explanation. If you're claiming very fast-moving objects, you'd better verify you can calculate the distance so that you are sure about it, Loeb said. It, 
If indeed it's moving so fast, it should have left an imprint. You can't just say an object moves fast while at the same time you don't see any of these signatures. Someone who has crappy data, fuzzy images, or something without triangulation, you can't claim new physics without actually proving beyond any reasonable doubt that you measured the distances correctly. If you're seeing them, UFOs, it means they interact with light, it means they interact with electric and magnetic fields, because that's what light is, and it means they must interact with the atoms and molecules of air, because air molecules interact with the electric and magnetic forces now now he gets travis taylor gets comes into this article here pretty soon but before i even get there like so basically Loeb and kirkpatrick they're basing their theories here on known physics and this is what happened uh earlier i mean er, uh, last year actually when you had the uh there was ukrainian astronomers that put out a paper that said that there is these objects traveling at incredible speeds over ukrainian skies and they had but the paper was incomplete and then Loeb looked at it and he said oh he thinks it's probably uh, artillery it's probably artillery shells he had a debunker mick west going on saying it's probably uh birds or bugs right but then you had the ukrainian astronomers look at the information again clarify some things and they said it can't be birds it can't be bugs it can't be artillery shells these objects are moving too fast uh they're moving they're, they're moving uh, inside the earth's atmosphere and outside the earth's atmosphere uh and and so but see Loeb, he i i i appreciate what he's doing i appreciate that he has the galileo project i really do i re and i know some people have problems with them and i with him some people in the ufo community have problems with him and, and i understand that they do and i do too with this because he's not he's he's not using any imagination here i mean uh, just because our scientists can't, haven't been able to figure out things that could move, set, move uh, faster than sound without causing any friction, just because we haven't figured it out, doesn't mean scientists from some other world that might be 100,000 years more advanced than we are hasn't figured it out. Because that's what's obviously what's happened. These things can move around without making any kind of sound. A thing that I saw, for instance, in 1994, now I don't know if that thing w w was able to fly really fast because I didn't see it flying fast, but it moved around without making any sound. And a lot of different pilots and other people civilians standing on the ground have seen objects moving at incredible speeds that don't make any sound and they're uh, they're not causing any kind of friction and travis taylor does get into this later on but see Loeb doesn't have is not he's not going to ex going to accept that apparently he needs to have the absolute proof I, but I, I at the same time he does have an open mind to this so i respect i have a lot of respect for him and i'm glad he's doing the things he's doing but he needs to open up a little bit he needs to use his imagination here a little bit i mean there was a time in the past like you look at the way science operates i mean back in the 1800s there was a period where you know doctors never washed their hands and then other doctors would come along and say hey there's a thing called bacteria when you're doing an operation on somebody if you don't wash your hands and the germs on your hand the bacteria could enter a wound and cause an infection but other doctors didn't want to hear any of this they didn't believe they didn't want to accept it could you imagine right now a doctor not washing his hands before he performs surgery on you i mean that that's where we we used to be I mean, you, there's so many different kinds of examples of these kind of attitudes by science over history and here we are again we i mean how could we i mean how could you not have an imagination at this point if, especially based on the proof that we have and Loeb doesn't seem to have that he's going to base everything on known physics Anyway, continuing with this article, 
It says, Kirkpatrick and Loeb's stance is at odds with the famous descriptions given by some Navy pilots of tic-tac-shaped objects videoed off the coast, west coast in 2004, described as flying over the ocean with no visible means of propulsion, then zipping 40 miles in less than a minute, at least three times the speed of sound with no sonic boom or fiery trail. The tic-tac and another object encountered by Navy pilots in 2015 were videoed on the F-18 jet's infrared camera called FLIR, and the video leaked to the New York Times in 2017, sending shockwaves around the world and reigniting popular interest in the UFO topic. But the UFO office, office chief Kirkpatrick and Loeb appeared but the UFO office chief Kirkpatrick and Loeb appeared to pour cold water on cases of strange objects caught on FLIR, suggesting that alleged supersonic craft may in fact be slower moving objects closer to the camera. One of the most common sets of data within the military holdings comes from FLIR, forward-looking infrared pods, the authors wrote. These sensors provide an accurate resolved image of relative thermal measurements across the scene. Typical UAP sightings are too far away to get a highly resolved image of the object and determination of the object's motion is limited by the lack of range data. The range is usually estimated during the flight dynamics of the platform and some fixed points in the scene, if either are available. The error in estimating the range gives rise to a significant variation in the calculated velocity and is subject to human bias and error. The comments in the paper drew a fiery reaction from Dr. Travis Taylor, a physicist who in 2019 served as the chief scientist for the government's UFO office. And Taylor says, this is so uncreative and typical of a Harvard physicist. That's so ridiculous. Two equations does not a science paper make. Clearly, he has not read Chris, Van, Chris Vandenbroek's 1999 paper or another paper called A View from the Bridge. Taylor was referring to a theory that some UFOs seen flying in extraordinary ways are using a kind of warp drive that bends space-time around the alleged craft, freeing it from the effects of gravity and allowing it to travel at extreme speeds without interacting with air or water molecules around it. There's some sort of physics there that we don't understand, Taylor said. It's either magically frictionless, which would be an amazing technology, or it's in a sort of pocket universe, which fits with the Chris Vanderbrock paper being a warp bubble that doesn't interact with the things in this universe. Taylor made his comments in an interview, interview with DailyMail.com at, at AlienCon, a UFO conference in Los Angeles, Angeles, California, this weekend, where he was a guest speaker. The combative comments show a widening divide between the ex-heads of the UFO office, formerly called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, and the current leadership under Kirkpatrick on how to characterize weird objects seen in the sky, space, and underwater. Let me just stop there for a second. So, yeah, I totally agree with uh, Travis Taylor on this. I mean, they're obviously using some kind of technology that our scientists haven't figured out yet. It's obvious. I mean, when you listen to someone like uh, Bob Lazar talk about this, who I believe worked on these things. I know there's there's a the, the divide in the UFO community about Bob Lazar for some reason, but I don't think he made anything up. That anything that Bob Lazar was talking about with regard to what he saw at Area 51, or uh, more specifically S4 near Area 51 in the Nevada desert in 1989, right? What he saw there, I mean, he, they couldn't figure it out. It was un unbelievable. He said it was like he said it's like magic. It was like magic, and he doesn't. It, it's beyond. It's beyond any kind of technology that we have or we could possibly conceive. 
So I, I guess I just don't understand like how uh, if you're a scientist and, and you have all these reports over the years, so many different reports, there's so much data on this now. There's so many different incidents. Uh, I mean, how many different I mean, there's some things where there's physical trace evidence where these things land. I mean, there's so many very uh, interesting cases, like, you know, really cases where, as far as I'm concerned, you know, end this debate, should end the debate. I always talk about the aerial school incident. I mean, there's just so much data now. There's just such a mountain of evidence for, from witnesses, between the witnesses and pictures, uh, the research that's been done uh, with, with you know, by people like Richard Dolan over the, like putting uh, voluminous books together on the whole history of this thing. And, you, and it's all there for these scientists to, to, to read and see and understand. You have to accept that there's something going on here. There's a presence here that, that's not of this earth and that has technology that far exceeds anything that we have. Anything that we have. But these guys, just their minds are like like Loeb and Kirkpatrick, their minds are going to stay close to it because they're going to stay within the realm of known physics. And I think that's a mistake. I don't know. I mean, I just don't see how that why you would want to do that when, when you have enough evidence to show you that there's there's stuff going on here that defies known physics and uh, you know what if these guys actually had more data because i'm certain that even though kirkpatrick is the head of this thing he's not getting the good stuff right they're not they're giving him some stuff here and there right i'm sure this arrow office but he wouldn't be talking like this if he would if he had access to the good stuff because the good stuff is being controlled by the secret control group obviously anyway continuing here it says, Loeb also revealed that he will be going on an expedition in May to salvage a roughly three-foot comet that crashed to Earth on March 9, 2017, hoping to recover pieces of the first interstellar material on our planet. He told Daily Mail he wants to retrieve pieces of the comet from the bottom of the Pacific Ocean near Papua New Guinea and look at its material for signs it was artificially made rather than natural. Six months before Oumuamua's closest approach to Earth, a meteor-sized interstellar meteor collided with Earth, Kirkpatrick and Loeb's paper said. The coincidences between some orbital parameters of Oumuamua and IM2 inspires us to consider the possibility that an artificial interstellar, interstellar object could potentially be a parent craft that releases many small probes during its close passage to Earth. Well, I guess, I mean, here's what I want to say. Okay, they're, they're, they're suggesting that these giant objects fly by Earth and then small probes come out of it. Okay, that sounds interesting. But so if you believe something like that, well, I mean, how come you can't accept the possibility that, the, that some of these beings may have developed some, some something that's beyond the physics that you know? I mean, that suggests that these things have been flying through space for millions of years and that the beings inside of it are maybe robots, maybe biological robots, whatever's inside the craft, uh... Uh, that they're, they're they're in there for millions of years uh, uh, reproducing somehow I, I don't know I mean what are they suggesting that sounds actually more science fictiony than than the possibility of of uh, craft that could bend space time to get here I mean I don't know just as crazy right anyway uh, continuing here it says uh, the uh, I will be going in a couple of months to find the fragments of the first interstellar material. The task is to see what the composition was. Is it a nat? This is Loeb talking. Is it a nat? Is it a natural like a rock, or was it artificial in origin, like stainless steel or some alloy? It's not a cheap expedition. It will cost 1.5 million dollars. We have the boat and an ex exceptional team with the best people in the expedition game. We we will do our best, and I will be on the boat. Now, I, you know, I talked about this this plan uh, in, during a podcast, I believe, last year, late last year. 
where he said he was going to go look at this object that crashed in this crashed in the sea, this comp, piece of a comet that crashed in the sea to see if it if it's extraterrestrial nature. I to me, I think that's. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's a waste of time. But we'll see. I don't think he's going to be able to learn anything from it. That's just my opinion. It doesn't make me right. I'm not a scientist. I think the focus should be on things that are happening here. I think the focus should be on getting some of these whistleblowers to step up to a, uh, go to the Congress, continue to go to the Congress and start and keep spilling the beans. I think the focus should be on exposing this secret control group that's sitting on all this information you know, for all these decades. I mean, this is re it's absolutely absurd by this point. Uh, a lot of us know that there's something going on because a lot of us ex has a, have experienced this, right? So it's time to get over this. It's time to, you know, I, I, I don't know. Hey, I could be totally wrong. I, I'm not saying I'm right about this, but I, I think it's a waste of time to go diving into the sea, spending one and a half million bucks to try to determine if this comet that crashed in the ocean is interstellar in nature. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I don't. It's, what, what, what are you going to be able to really prove by it? You know, I, I just don't see it. I don't see anything to it. But hey, I, again, that doesn't make me right. Anyway, until next time.